I wish one of those. Right. right. Are we are we going subtitles? I do think people mumble more nowadays in general. Nowadays. How old are we? So we've just watched the new Netflix film Falling for Figaro. I'm David Ward. Um, but delighted this evening to be joined by Sophie Gilpin. Hello. Hi, David. And Louise Garner. Hello. Hello. Now, Sophie, this is the first time, I think, in about a year that we've seen each other in real life since we uh, made the film adaptation of Paulie and Vito Cinderella. So you are the perfect person as a filmmaker yourself. Oh, yeah. To <laughs> pass judgment on, on Falling for Figaro. Um uh, Louise, do you want to just kind of run us through the plot very quickly? I'm not sure I can really do it justice. Um, so a woman who's a hedge fund manager, doing very well for herself, has this love of opera. Her boyfriend isn't so keen. He falls asleep in the first act of Romeo and Juliet. Um, and so she goes off to Scotland to find her voice and is taught by Joanna Lumley. And sort of almost falls in love with, with this guy who's also being taught by Joanna Longley, who may or may not be her son. Yeah. Um, and then she goes to a singing competition, doesn't win it. But then three years later, they are reunited on stage in Don Giovanni. And we think that's the beginning of a relationship, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, so we should have said this before, but spoiler alert. So there's oh, the uh, there's the end of the film for you. Um, I mean, I suppose there are two questions here. One is, is it a good film? Which we can sort of pass quick judgment on because you know, you know, as much as you are an experienced filmmaker, we're not film critics. We're not film critics. Um, and then the other question is actually about the opera content, which I think we probably mm-hmm. have a little bit more that we could, that we can say. But Sophie, let's start with that first one. Uh, good film, bad film. How many thumbs are we giving it? You know, thumbs very up? enjoyable film. Fairly ridiculous film is probably my, my input there. Um, I, I had a very good evening. It is very silly. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably my takeaway. Uh, and then the other one, on opera content. Opera content was good. I think, yeah, I was very surprised, like pleasantly surprised by the, the range of opera, um, some popular tunes, as well as some slightly lesser known ones. Uh, Je veux vivre from Gounod's Romeo and Juliet being the first big piece we, we hear and that was a nice surprise actually um, so it wasn't all just the pop tunes Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised on that, you know, with the opera hat on that there was a lot of opera content I mean, obviously it obviously was, you know, sort of singing in a lesson or in a yeah. in, in a concert rather than on a stage but you say it opens with pretend Royal Opera House watching Gounod's Romeo and Juliet um, I think you get some other glimpses in, in, in the film, but actually in terms of a film that's selling opera, mm. I thought it did quite a good quite a good job. There's a very, very pleasing amount of opera in this film. Yeah. That's obviously the same, but like... No, I'm surprised by it. And proper operas as well. Not just the ones you always hear, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like you always hear what Latin, you always hear like, you always hear Carmen. I think it's an unrealistic expectation that people would be able to go away after a year and get good enough to enter a singing competition. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, I think the speed at which this complete novice singer is suddenly 
fluent in multiple languages yes. and comes in and it's and we we know from the moment that she first opens her mouth in front of teacher Joanna Lumley that she's she's not got some natural born innate skill that she's been secretly you know working away on uh, so we do have a very a very big and very very quick vocal transformation I'm not going to spend the rest of my life as a fund manager you think opera singing is no more difficult than fund management well, I'm going to give myself the year to find out. Okay, well, just to prove something. No, it's not just to prove a point. It's it's because it's what I want to do. And why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I follow my heart? Normally, it, it takes years, and people mostly start a lot younger. Patricia, I'm not that old, and it is not too late. And also, um, I assume she must have learned how to read music at some because she was doing notation. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt that she can read the dots. Yeah. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt that she could read the music first. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think on the 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 first point again is this is a good film. There is a huge problem with this film in that backstory is pretty non-existent. Yeah. So like, what? Where does this interesting opera come from? We we know she has an interesting opera because in the first scene she's watching one. Yeah. So that's where that seems to come from. We've got this love interest played by Hugh Skinner of WNA Fleabag fame. Um, he seems to have a throwaway comment that he's an orphan. I mean, well, I don't know what... Never, <laughs> never explained. Where, where, where that came from. Because we were pretty convinced that Joan Lumley was his mum, weren't we? And I mean, I still think she's his mum. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think there was a scene missing. I think there were, I think there were some scenes that were left on the, on the editing, on the cutting room floor, yeah. that would probably have tied some of those threads together uh, that might have made more sense. But have I said so that? what was his accent? His accent confused me as well. Yeah. yeah, he ends up in the Scottish... He's an orphan from somewhere in England, England. and then ends up in the Scottish Highlands. Well, I, I assume to, to study with John Lumley. Yeah. Who is, who is one of the sort of battle-axe teachers. I mean, I think we, we were kind of laughing that, you know, it seemed a bit unrealistic. I'm not sure actually how unrealistic, you know. I what, what the teaching style. The teaching style. I found that teaching style very stressful. <laughs> To watch, she's very brutal. Um, it's all about pain for gain, which I don't know how realistic that is now. You know, I, I maybe once upon a time, perhaps, but I think the the risk of damage, emotional, psychological, probably is that that probably is around. But the you know the risk of vocal damage seemed you know when she's grabbing hold of people's tongues and throats, <laughs> it, it just feels a slightly farcical version of how how you become an opera singer. Open your mouth, open it, open wider, wider girl, wider. Stick it out, stick it out, stick it out, stick it out. Keep singing. Sing, sing, sing. Um, yeah, and it just seems such a shame as well on the film point that so again there's like some sort of throwaway comment that she did the toss a Tosca in eighty three. Yes. There's clearly something there that she was you know, she was a great singer and then yeah. and then turned to teaching, but again we had No backstory. There was absolutely no yeah. more of that. You know, that would have been really interesting to Yeah. You know, why why is she And her room is surrounded by photographs of her younger self in these, you know, beautiful frocks or uh, in clearly amazing productions or high profile productions and I yeah I agree I would I want to know more about that what happened what changed was she just dropped did was there a big ax 
accident or some kind of I yeah. Why does she live in the middle of nowhere? Like if she was so pop, if she was so great, then surely she's got a lot of money. Yeah, live anywhere. Again, there's like one throwaway comment that there's some sort of fall from grace, but we yeah. get anything else. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. waiting for some sort of moment where she gives some sort of speech about like how it how it didn't work out for her and she wants it to work out for the others or yeah. or something. To, and also to to I was sort of expecting that to to give you. A sense of why she's such a brutal teacher mm. and why she only has one student and then very reluctantly two. So why is she not teaching? Is there some kind of trauma or what's the deal? And I think that's the interesting film. I was about to say interesting opera, but it's not. I mean, it'd be an interesting film. opera as well. <laughs> I'm sure, but would have made a more interesting, <laughs> a more interesting film. Yeah. I mean, I think going back, going back to this opera content, then, which I suppose is why we're here talking about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of opera, and it is, um, I think actually, again, it is quite a good advert for, for opera generally. I think it, mm-hmm. I don't think it treats it too much as most do, as, as some sort of, you know, stuck up elitist sort of thing. The film has its its moments, but actually yeah. I think generally it is about just the joy of that yeah, music, music, isn't it? Yeah. You know? And actually watching um, Max's friends in the pub in the rural pub in scotland listen to the live broadcast on the radio high profile competition here (laughs) but listening to that broadcast on the radio looking at their program and experiencing so much joy and hope and excitement at all of the voices that they're hearing and, and the announcement of the winners that's something i think that really speaks to probably all of us about how much joy opera can bring and how great it would be if those scenes if that scene was more realistic or, or more frequent yeah um, and it's nice at the end as well because it ends with these these two people the protagonist and this max character on stage together in don giovanni mm-hmm. so again actually it, it the whole film is bookended with opera scenes on a stage you know in a theater it does it does kind mm-hmm. of celebrate the actual liveness of, of opera as well which i feel like it could have been more of that though because again yeah. they, they spoke joanna longley was speaking a lot about oh you need to act it more but then they never really did. But then the only acting we ever got from Max was him crying at the end. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what yeah. I'd love to hear more of is every time they were working on a, a piece of music or, or we heard a new piece of music, I'd have loved to know more about the, con- the context of that aria mm. or that duet from the opera. The three of us sat there knowing the context to all but maybe one. Yeah. Um, but I think... If we're thinking about it with a kind of non-opera going audience or non-quite extensive opera knowledge, um, then actually understanding what that love duet is about, what the arias are about, what's going on. And I think, you know, why the Queen of the Night aria is so mad and wonderful. Um, I think that would have made a difference to, to understanding, if we're thinking about it as a piece to kind of celebrate opera. Because that, that's always been my concern. I, I know this said this before, but you know the the opera is popular because of you know three tenors concerts of like yeah. a, a, like a great song, but no real sort of appreciation of of a whole opera of a, together, of a whole yeah. sort of evening. So yeah. I mean, again, maybe that's something that the film does. It is you know it's a, it's a hit. And also, she only seems to get better by singing arpeggios. <laughs> like there's no there's no real 
work on the piece, is there? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, her um, language you skills. You don't hear her going over the pronunciation of yeah. the words or the difficult... Her language skills are amazing. Yeah, I mean, from, from a wanting people to get into opera perspective, this film would have been a lot, a lot better, but probably wouldn't have got made if it was, you know, she, there was a particular role she's studying and she has to go through some of the different hours and explore how the character develops and, you know, maybe yeah. her real life then starts to mirror the character, you know, then that would have yeah. given you more of that rather than it being a hit yeah. list of songs. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, for this sort of film, which I think yeah. is, is surprisingly sort of well-made and shot with some good actors yeah. in it to, to say that actually, really, it does kind of smell more of like a, a Hallmark Channel 5 afternoon sort of film. Yeah. Um, so it's quite nice. It has a bit more of a glamour to it, I suppose, in that respect, with Joanna Lumley and Hugh Skinner and, you know, mm-hmm. the nice Scottish locations. Um, yeah, it's a great countryside. Yeah, yeah, big advert for Scotland there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think overall we have we have a positive impression of well, certainly a positive impression of 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 how it shows opera. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I guess I guess that understanding that difference between why is it a film about opera rather than any other type of classical vocal music. Mm. That's the kind of question that I that that I'm left with that I know that we're bookended with a scene with two scenes um, but because we don't have that process through which we can understand how the staging and I'm obviously here I'm speaking from a director's point of view so that's the thing that I'm looking for and that's the thing that draws me to opera but because at no point throughout the process do we do understand get, yeah. what else you need as an opera singer yes the voice is essential but just saying, act more, act better, get your heart broken and you'll be a better actor. That was the message that I took away. And I feel like maybe if we're trying to understand opera more, getting stage experience, how do we go from, you know, a, a girl who sings in a competition very near the end of the film, jump three years and she's on stage. And what's happened? How, how does yeah. that happen? You know, we spent a year listening to her learn to sing but then what's the process of understanding how you translate that into action? Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, think, I, think that, I think that wouldn't go. But again, actually, what the film does, I know she has this intensive year of training then into this competition, which is obviously truncated, but at least when she enters this competition, she doesn't win. Yeah, that's You know, true. at the end of the film, when she gets to be on stage as, as Zelina, we know that three years have passed, during which time we assume she's done lots more intensive training. Mm-hmm. And when she comes back to sing as Zelina, she's introduced as new up and coming yeah you're right. so again she's suddenly not established and that this main character the other main character had uh, been studying for five max, years had been studying yeah. for five years yeah. so again okay look that's not 20 odd years but yeah. the, the idea is that he's been studying quite a long time and is still trying to make it so yeah it does have a a sense of the fact that work needs to be put yeah. in to make yeah, this happen. Yeah, there's no sense that you can just become an overnight Success. opera sensation yeah. Yeah. because you fancy it. Um, Which is what we were worried which, about, wasn't it? We sort of said at the beginning, didn't we? You know, yeah. It's just going to be a two-week boot camp. <laughs> yeah. 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 And in a, they, there you kind of devalue mm. all the skill that yeah. is needed. But and this it, didn't at all. And again, yeah. actually, thinking about that point of how it could be a better film and this uh, the Max character being a, an orphan, apparently... <laughs> But again, there's an interesting story there because this this main woman who's the hedge fund manager is incredibly rich and that's how she gets her training. So there's a dual path there between really rich woman just pales to have all this training. And obviously yeah. Max, who's obviously very poor and is working all jobs, all hours in this tiny village. Yeah. It is, it, I suppose that 
the film doesn't say this, but it could have said this, that there are, mm-hmm. you could be anyone to come and be an opera singer. You could be rich American hedge fund, or you could be someone with absolutely no money and, and whatnot at all. But, you know, through the hard work, you can still make it happen. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. True. The film my takeaway could was have slightly made different. Yeah, my takeaway was Joanna Lumley's character says to Millie in the, f- the first time she meets her or the second time, uh, Millie asks, how long will it take to get me to the competition? Uh, and, and Megan says something about... Uh, however, however long you can afford it, or it'll take you as long as you can afford it, or as long as you can keep paying. And that, for me, feels like, oh, now we're opening a big can of worms about exclusivity and access to opera, and is that true? Mm. Is it actually true that if you can afford to take a year off work and go and live in the middle of nowhere somewhere and sing all day every day with a one-to-one coaching... Yeah, you've got a better chance actually of of getting into that competition than if you're having to juggle jobs or if you've got caring responsibilities or if you're trying to train through a conservatoire at the same time as pay your rent in London or Manchester or one of the big cities or Glasgow or, or Cardiff. Um, and so it just feels like that was the, you know, if we're thinking about bigger conversations, that was one of the things that kind of occurred to me as that happened about, yeah, if you do have access to money and time. Mm. Oh, oh. I don't know because I maybe saw that as Joanna Lumley being greedy. Yeah, I, I, I just <laughs> yeah. saw that as Joanna Lumley saying, "You're rubbish. Just give me all of your money, and it's still not going to happen." Yeah, I mean, I suspect <laughs> that was the intention, and my reading is overreading it. Um, but I, you know, if we think about how it how it tracks into kind of real, real life opera life, world, yeah. then I don't know. It was quite revealing for me, I suppose, in a maybe unintentional way. Yeah, I mean, I think. My kind of final takeaway, because again, I suppose my interest in this film is if, if someone wants to watch it because it's a rom-com, because it's got Hugh Skidder or John Lumley in it, you know, they're going to watch it and go, actually, this opera thing looks looks quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose, again, because it was it was a, a hit list of nice songs, there was no real look at a particular opera or whatnot. I suppose at the end of it, you'd come away thinking, oh, maybe I'll listen to... Um, you know, the Opera Greatest Hits CD or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I suppose, and again, maybe that just perpetuates the whole sort of three tenors sort of thing. But I think overall, it is a positive film about opera. I think it isn't the sort of Wildly, s- yeah. snobby fest that, it, you know, that these things oh, yeah. sometimes sort of sort of can be. Um, as a film, it demands absolutely nothing of you as a audience <laughs> member, which sometimes is, is a good thing. And in terms of opera, I think it paints it in a pretty good light. So I think overall... Yeah, I would agree. As a yeah. as a Netflix, you know, sort of opera experience. Midweek evening easy film. Yeah. Ideal. I think it did. Yeah. I think it did a very good job. Um we would love to hear if you've got recommendations for future what we're gonna call the Uppercast Film Club. We said this on the last <laughs> oh on, the, on the last podcast, because I you know, I really can't think of too many films that, that that have opera. I mean, I think Emma Emma Black on the last podcast mentioned this, the the quartet film. Oh yeah. Um, which is definitely one that we should do yeah. but you know all these opportunities to get opera in front of what's the Florence Foster Jenkins one? Oh, that is oh, a great film that is a, brilliant film. that is a really interesting film actually in terms of what does it do about the perception of opera because actually I don't think it it's good it pays I don't off. think it's great no, no as a film it's, it's brilliant yeah because um, Meryl Streep's great because Meryl Streep's great but actually in terms of painting opera it does, doesn't paint it in a great way That we should definitely mm. have a chat about that um but yeah, you know, kind of send us some suggestions. We'd love to hear them, old or or new. We would love to kind of uh, look at opera and popular culture a little bit more. Um, but that's enough for today. Go on Netflix, watch Falling for Figaro. Uh, thank you, Louise. Thank you. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>